even the one that was a big hit, the Kevin Costner Prince of Thieves one. Uh, I mean, is is that movie good? Yes. No. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Cher. Yeah! Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's good. not a movie ad. That's just Barrett. That was uh, my uh, Howard Dean circa 2004. Yeah, yeah. yeah fun, there yeah. you go. <laughs> um, we are going to continue on our road trip through London. Our road trip. Part, part mm. three now, and we are down to the M's. The M's. I call British shotgun. Yeah. Which is, uh, still <laughs> which the, is a regular still driver's side. <laughs> um. What was the movie where they where somebody called that called shotgun? And they forgot that the seats were on the other side and and uh, oh, I saw that recently. That I know exactly Men what you're talking Black. about. That's a Men in Black International. Yeah, that's oh, right. that's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he wanted to drive. He said, "I called drivers," and he got in the wrong side. Or that's something right. Like that. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm sorry that I knew that. Well, <laughs> uh, I was about to say that. Uh, think that was in London, but it's not on our list. Um, uh, well, um, it was in several places. Some of it, was but it was mainly it was mainly there. I think for the for dude, we can we can talk about it if you want. <laughs> we don't have to, but it's. Just I've already funny. said everything I know about it. <laughs> uh, the movie sucked, and that's it. That's all you need. That's to know. right. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're gonna go. We'll start with the M's. We'll see how far mm. we can get. But I don't know if we'll be able to get even through the rest of the list. There's still a lot. Uh, but it looks way shorter now. Um, <laughs> uh, we start off with A Man for All Seasons, based on the Robert Bolt book. Uh, I think I read this in high school, and I think I saw the movie, but I don't remember anything. I think it's about Thomas More. Yep. Uh, this movie is amazing. Yeah. This is uh, 1966, one best picture. Uh, it has one of the all-time greatest casts ever. I tell you what, you like Jaws, and you like uh, Robert Shaw playing Quint and Jaws. He plays Henry VIII, so this is about Henry VIII trying to divorce his his wife and marry Anne Boleyn, and getting permission from the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Anne Boleyn, by the way, played by Vanessa Redgrave. Um, and there's a there's a chancellor, there's a dude, there's a a, a, a guy in the Parliament, Thomas More, uh, who is like a devout Catholic, and he's like, man, no, we, you can't do this, you can't divorce. Because at the time, the papacy did not allow divorce. And it it basically turns his story into his resoluteness uh, of standing fast against Henry VIII and his eventual demise. And it's amazing. Paul Schofield is Thomas More. Robert Shaw just kills it as Henry VIII. Uh, everybody's, oh, oh, John Hurt. It's one of his first roles, too. Uh, mm-hmm. He plays a little squirrely dude but this movie's amazing it was, I, uh, uh this sounds like uh the other bolin girl at least uh the exact same era of history mm-hmm. um and i don't know that i've ever seen this orson wells is in this yeah, yeah. orson wells plays Woolsey, the guy who more takes over for and Jesus, he's i gotta watch this oh this movie is so good and yeah, it holds up 
I saw it on TCM probably about six months ago or so, and I was just riveted. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it won Best Picture in 1966. Paul Schofield won uh, Best Actor. Uh, yeah. And uh, Best Director, Fred Zeneman. Zeneman. Um, Robert Bolt won the one for screenplay, cinematography, costume design, and then Shaw and Wendy Hiller got nominated for uh, acting as well in this movie. Mm. Oh um, yeah, she's his wife. Wendy Hiller is yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is something I need to either revisit or watch for the first time. I'm sure that uh, when I do watch it, it will be like watching it for the first time because I yeah. don't remember anything about it at all. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to see this again. Um, the man who knew too much, uh, Alfred Hitchcock made two different versions of, uh, this movie, uh, completely different movies, right? Uh, I actually don't know. I haven't seen the original one. Um, but, uh, this one, I saw this, the Jimmy Stewart one. Is it Doris day too? Doris day. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw, um, I saw this one a long time ago. But man, it's it's been so long. I now don't even remember what it's about. I watched this. I'll. Uh, I'm really gonna take some heat for this. I watched the first third of this on TCM or one of those channels, uh, and it bored me to tears. And I what? Thought, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, really? Maybe it gets a lot better later on. And it was just <laughs> the, the the first thirty minutes was just all set up. But it, it is. was just so slow, and no, I just it I is. couldn't. I couldn't care. I will get back to it someday. But um, you, hey, you but, actually watched all the stuff that wasn't in London. <laughs> the rest of the movies in London. Great. It starts off in like Morocco or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like some African place. No, that is all set up. So you know, basically, they 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 have a case of mistaken identity, like in in several Hitchcocks, and uh, they they somehow become involved in this international spy plot involving the British prime minister and all that stuff. And Jimmy Stewart is a doctor and Doris Day, funny enough is a singer. Um, mm. And uh, they, they, they get into a lot of intrigue. I thought this was amazing. Um, it's one of the, uh, I wouldn't say few Hitchcock movies that I've seen. I've seen a lot of Hitchcock movies, but he's just made a lot of movies. So I haven't seen some of his classic ones, but it's, it's good. Uh, playing off on that title, the is it? It's the Bill Murray, the man who knew too little. Um, <laughs> is this uh, a good movie? Do you guys remember uh, this? No, I remember. It's funny. I remember enjoying it. Um, I was working at uh, Williamson Square when this one came out, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I remember this was in the period of time where Bill Murray was was kind of. Uh, searching again like he had done groundhog day and uh what about bob but he was kind of in that you know where he was doing larger than life and Mm -hmm. a lot of these bad comedies and this one came out i think like 98 maybe 97 97 um and uh and i remember watching this and i was like you know this isn't gonna do anything but I, i i thought this was pretty enjoyable for what it is i mean it's uh, it's one of those where like, uh, it, it, the title tells you exactly what you're about to get into. Bill Murray knows nothing, but everybody around him thinks he knows everything. So he's in he's trouble, the... and he yeah, doesn't he's... know he's in trouble. And he goes through this whole thing thinking thinking it's a film being shot. 
he uh, thinks it's uh he thinks it's a uh, a high end like murder mystery game, right? Mm, so yeah. Peter Gallagher is his brother, and he's come for a visit suddenly, and Peter Gallagher's got to uh, close a business deal, and he doesn't want his stupid brother around, so he buys him this. Uh, I forget what they call it, but it's somewhere between like an escape room and like a murder mystery game with other actors and whatnot. Like so game that's night, why, basically. Yeah, and that's why Bill Murray thinks the entire thing is is part of some act. But he very very early on gets crossed over with some real crime and gangsters. God, the part that makes me laugh the most is he ends up climbing out a window of a building, and the bad spies are down on the street. And they're shooting at him and he's like playing along like, oh, oh, no. And then like one of the bullets hits the wall and a little dust hits his eyes and he goes, time out, time out. I got something in my eye. And they shoot again and he goes, I said time out, you jack off. (laughs) Makes me laugh so hard every time I see it. There's a great scene where he's holding a Russian nesting doll that is ultimately the trigger for a bomb. And he's dressed as a Russian, and he's out here with all these other guys doing this fake Russian dance. It's uh, it's not a great movie, but it is good Bill Murray, and he, uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. enjoyable. He does think he's being recorded, though, right? It's not a film, but maybe because he thinks that pe- he, people are going to be able to watch a tape of this afterwards. I think so. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I, the last time I saw it was in 1997. So, um, oh, I've, I've seen it a few times and, uh, I need to get back to it, but it's made me laugh hard every it time. It is that you know. vintage, like actual, because Bill Murray hasn't done that broad comedy, Bill Murray in a long time. He's done deadpan comedy, but right. like, this is like, what about Bob Bill Murray? He's so, he's yeah. so silly and stupid, quote, stupid and out of it. Uh, and it's, and it's funny. Like you said, that Jack Osborne, that, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember this movie being funny, but I may be misremembering it. I think I, I, I think you guys have confirmed it. Uh, Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins returns. I've hey, seen the second the, one is awful. I've seen <laughs> the, I've seen the original Mary Poppins. Um, but, uh, the second one I have not gotten around to. Um, oh, I so. didn't know that. No, uh, um, it was, we send it, but I was not on that script. Oh, uh, I found it. I mean, everyone in there's good. You know, it's just paint by numbers. It's the first movie all over again. And I found that to be creatively offensive. Um, but, you know, if you have kids, <laughs> you probably watched it and enjoyed it. And your mm-hmm. kids probably sang the songs. And, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda's pretty good in everything. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, uh, he plays you know, the chimney sweep or whatever the the Dick Van Dyke a, character, a lamp lighter. Right? Yeah, basically he he's doing the well, he's doing the Dick Van Dyke role, but Dick Van Dyke is also in the movie. Um, oh, he is. A, he plays a cranky old banker at the end, who's he's the one that's trying to steal their house. Um, uh. Emily Blunt is you know she's charming. I just it, there's the the magic wasn't there. You know the magic of and maybe it was Julie Andrews that really and Dick Van Dyke that brought the magic, but you know, they did everything they did in the first movie. They jump inside some art. And they'd have a crazy adventure. It's just tired what do we of think it. of that first one? By the way, I love the first one. I mm-hmm. love it too. Yeah, I think it's it's like you said, completely magical. I think it's pretty short. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of fat to trim on it. Uh, the the songs even, and I even like Dick Van Dyke's accent. I think you know I'm I'm no purist about like a Cockney accent or whatever. I think it's just, you know, part of the act. 
and the Chim Chimney thing is fantastic. It's actually uh, music is great. It's not short. It may feel short. It's actually two hours and nineteen minutes long. Seriously, um, the original yeah. Mary Poppins. Yeah, damn, um, that goes by quick. It does, and I think that's because it's so fun and whimsical. And you know, I I shouldn't trash the sequel. I bet most people liked it, but uh, boo, I didn't. Uh, Woody Allen's Match Point. We have discussed Match Point quite a bit, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's London as fuck. Yeah, yes. but, yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Let's fuck in the rain in the wheat field and then <laughs> ruin both our lives. <laughs> and ruin both of our lives. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, I just love it. her life. Is but, this the? Uh, uh, this is the first one that started this whole international thing. That started this whole more drama mm-hmm. uh, arc of his career, right? Yeah, this came out in two thousand five, and then he would go on to do a whole bunch of European stuff, like you know, he would Midnight in Paris and. Uh, Vicky Cristina, um, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, all those were were right after this, and uh, yeah, this was that was the the first thing that a lot of people uh, brought up on this movie is like he's so New York that it's it's kind of weird when he comes out with which is not a comedy too um, hmm. comes out with um, a non comedy. Uh, not New York. Of course, he did that movie Interiors way back in the day too. It was not funny. It was a drama. Um, but yeah, right before this though, he was still doing like the anything else and shit like that. He was anything uh, the, else. Yeah, you remember that with Jason <laughs> yes, Biggs playing his yes, proxy, I Christina Ricci. It. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, that that sucked. And he was still. I mean, he was still trying to re kindle that new york magic and it just wasn't working it wasn't funny he even uh, did uh i think he did scoop um actually oh, matt, yeah. i'm trying to think if scoop because scoop came out when i was in new york so it match point was match point just before this yeah and it was scoop, match point scoop and yeah. then cassandra's dream maybe was next and then vicky christina barcelona yeah yeah i think that's how that goes um but um yeah, Match Point is really good. A really good. Um, I mean, it's 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 not a mystery. It's almost uh, what would you call it? Uh, it's almost Columbo esque in a way because not not that there's <laughs> yeah. a yeah. not that there's a central detective in there who's trying to solve the problem with the 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 you know uh, the hero the the protagonist of this movie who's really an antagonist um, uh, is is the person that you're you're kind of hoping. I guess you're you're hoping he gets away with murder in this yeah. movie. I, yeah. I, yeah, but but he does a lot of things that you wonder if a detective is going to pick up on it. And uh, and there is a detective in this. I love I love the scene though towards the end where the detective wakes up and out of his bed and he's like. He's the one who killed his, who killed her. <laughs> he just like, just like shot, shoots out of bed. And then his wife's like, go back to bed, dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's really well done. It's, uh, it's something that you don't expect from a Woody I Allen. do love, there's one little touch in this movie. I may have mentioned it before, but I do love it when he, uh, he goes to throw all the old lady's jewelry into the water and the camera very clearly shows one like ring hit the edge of the rail and bounce back 
on yeah. the land. And at the moment, you're like, that's going to be his undoing. And it ends up being the thing that saves him because yes. some druggy homeless guy has it on later and they pin the murder on him. Uh, it's, right. a, it's a wonderful twist of the Chekhov's gun kind of a thing. Like you think, oh, I'm showing you, I'm tipping my hand here, but he's not. It's the reverse. I love Yeah. That. Yeah. That's a great, great uh, moment for sure in that movie. Um, and then we go on to Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Spiderwick, uh, BFG. Yeah. Lemony Snick Mime. <laughs> like it's got it's a dark shadows. Like it's a little bit of every Jeremy and I send this one, I think. Yep. It, it was li- the most f- forgettable movie I've ever seen. Ava Green plays an amalgam of every character she's ever played. Uh <laughs> Uh, Asa Butterfield, Butter, Buttonfield, Butterfield, 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 Butterfield. Um, uh, who's the kid in this? And he's charming. And there's nothing wrong with this movie. It's just it's so forgettable. Like I, I forgot scenes halfway through the movie. <laughs> I was like, is that this movie or another movie? I'm I telling you, man. I haven't seen this movie, but. I feel like this is just another extension of Tim Burton's. Well, if everything visually looks like me, then it's then it then it must be creative. Yep. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I've never seen this, but uh, I don't know, man. What, what's what's the last Tim Burton that we really like? Like, really like? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I mean, what calls to my mind is like stuff like Sweeney Todd, but I'm not even sure. I haven't seen I that. Like Sweeney Todd. I haven't yeah, I seen that in I, forever. And Big Fish is on some people's lists as a big as like a, a movie that they love. I didn't really like it. I never saw Big Eyes. Did you ever see Big Eyes? I yeah. Didn't. Uh Corpse Bride was fine, but Sweeney Todd came after that. Um Yeah, Corpse Bride God. was like back in like two thousand three, two thousand four. I'm gonna go with Ed Wood. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, well you're, you're not wrong because you got Ed Wood, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow, which I liked. But this this century has been terrible. Planet of the Apes, Big Fish. Okay, I kind of liked Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was hot garbage. Corpse Bride was all right. Sweeney Todd is okay. Then Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, Big Eyes, Miss Peregrine, and fucking Dumbo. Like yeah, uh, uh. and and almost all of these remake uh, remakes that he's been involved with, I've read something where he's like, I wasn't a big fan of the original, so I just wanted to do my own thing and everything. It's like, sounds like you're not the right person to make this movie. (laughs) And he was going to be the next Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Deep cut for you people out there. That's right. That's right. Um. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Meaning of Life. Um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, man, that's a that's a, a big de- like developmental movie for me. Like one, like something that has uh, shaped my own humor a lot. Like I would put that around Airplane and Naked Gun and all those movies uh, uh, like that that I hold in very high regard. Um, uh, Holy Grail, I got to see this because um, I didn't even had never heard of it before. And I think it was like 12 or 13. Oh, my brother, Jesus. my brother, um, my brother and his girlfriend at the time 
wanted to watch this movie and they said, yeah, come on, watch this movie with us. And so I watched my Python, the Holy Grail and I was changed forever uh, <laughs> watching that. Uh, I, I loved it so much and now have gone on to see it many, many times. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's hilarious. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's weird when you find out that people, uh, in England, like life of Brian Moore, and I understand that actually now, mm -hmm. but back in the day, I was just like, how can you like life of Brian more money? I think Americans love money, uh, Holy grail more yeah. than life of Brian. And it's probably just because of the religious aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, Holy Grail is, is fucking fantastic. Meaning of life. I may have only seen one time. Oh, really? Yeah. I've gone back and watched this a, a few times cause it's all, it's all vignettes. Um, yeah. it's not, it doesn't have the narrative cohesiveness of the other two movies and they only made three. Um, mm -hmm. uh, they did the live from the whole Hollywood bowl, but <clears throat> that was a performance. And, uh, it, this, the meaning of life is more, well, it was centrally tied around, honestly, the meaning of life. And then, of course, you have the centerpiece being the Eric Idle uh, space song, uh, introducing it uh, to the, the lady in the kitchen. And uh, it's, 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 it's fantastic. Some of it doesn't work. The, uh, the fat guy at the, uh, at the restaurant towards the end uh, where he's like, I can't eat another bite. And he's like, one paper thin mint. And then he eats it and he explodes. <laughs> uh, the fish stuff is weird. Watch this movie on drugs. If you if you do drugs, kids, uh, don't do drugs. But if you do do drugs, mm -hmm. uh, you should watch this movie uh, while you're on the drugs. Is it, do, isn't there a segment in here where Cleese is like a professor at a at a school or something like that, and and he's teaching kids about uh, he's teaching he's teaching these uh, college students about like how to rub the clitoris. <laughs> Stuff like I believe that. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's like, you can't, you can't put too much pressure on the clitoris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blah, blah, no, blah, I, blah. I think he's got, he's got um, uh, models that come in and do and do their thing. Mm. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> what 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 struck me about Monty Python, as opposed to uh, you know other troops and stuff like that, is how fucking smart they were. Mm. Like they, you could tell that they were like history. I think they all went to Cambridge or Oxford or something like that. They were all like art history majors and like really, really smart cats. And they used that to subvert humor. It's a lot like National Lampoon when it first started out at Harvard, where it's super smart people doing a different type of humor uh, that that wasn't as overt, but could be silly. You know, you could have the Ministry of Silly Walks, mm -hmm. and and it, which is the most ridiculous premise ever, but they make it work on a on a kind of an intellectual plane, you know, because they're so committed to it. Yeah. Jeremy, you're a big Monty Python guy, right? Ah, I love Holy Grail. I really like Life of Brian. I don't think I've seen the other one. Uh, but no, I came to it way late. This was like post-college before I ever saw any of this stuff. Um, and uh, I feel like it would be more endeared to me if I'd grown up with it or seen a little mm. younger, uh, which would have been impossible in the circumstances of my upbringing. I can imagine um, the uh, the spanking and the oral sex and all that stuff probably wouldn't go over well <laughs> in, in the scout household. Man, <laughs> a spanking, a spanking. I was I lived in a household similar to Jeremy's, only maybe just the tad bit more uh, uh, liberal about what I was able to watch and everything, but. 
The other day I was thinking about when I was 15 years old, the movies I saw in theaters and I look and I think back and I, and I'm like, if I saw a 15 year old wanting to go see some of the movies that I saw when I was 15, I would be, I would be very hypocritical about it because I, cause, <laughs> because I would be, I would instantly just be like, and, 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 then, and I eventually just had to had to, like, like my nephew is that, that age. And like, I'm like, I, and there were some movies that we started watching with my, with, with his, you know, dad, my brother, like around and everything that I was like, man, this just seems wrong. But then I had to think back, man, when I was that age, I watched some serious fucking shit when I was 15 years old, man, <laughs> you know? Um, so whatever. Um, <laughs> Uh, the next one on the list is mortal engines i've never seen it uh stay away stay away like it's toxic it does have it does have emmy rossum in it which makes me want to see it but that's a trap that's a trap i don't even remember where the fuck she's in that movie she's not the main character bounty hunter or something like or maybe she's she's not no she's not in that movie she's in uh the other one that looks exactly like that um what okay. Was, was it Beautiful Creatures? Yeah, that sounds better. I don't think Emmy Rossum is in Mortal Engines. Yeah. Mortal Engines is the one where they put cities on tank rollers so they're moving around so your city can go wherever it wants because um, that is the most sensible way they thought to live in the future. It's like, imagine like lifting up all of downtown Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then mm-hmm. putting it on rollers. And it's like, let's go visit our friend Memphis today. Uh, only a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these cities are warring with each other and fighting. And um, uh, boy, this movie really—I I think the book is way better from what I've understood from mm-hmm. people, and that book fans are able to enjoy the movie in ways that I am not. Uh, but it is one big confusing mess that would have played a lot better as a series because it just goes by way too fucking fast. Yeah. It's Hugo uh, Weaving it, is the the bad guy, right? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Hugo <laughs> Weaving, yeah, 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 he's in there somewhere. Uh, but most important thing you need to know about this movie is that the cities roll around like <laughs> tanks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't even <laughs> fathom the, the 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 dystopia where that would be the answer. That's mm-hmm. like what. what? Pack it up, guys. We're isn't that isn't that, isn't that like you can't uh, drive the city until you learn to parallel park? Yeah. What was that movie <laughs> that uh, came out of China? That was the whole planet that you drove around and shit? yes, oh, yes, I saw that on Netflix. It was like uh, the Planet Engine or something like that. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was called. Two hours and eighty minutes oh. of movie. <laughs> it was insanity, man. I was wasted though. Two hours and eighty minutes. Anyway, um, I apologize, Mortal <laughs> Engines fans, to both the movie and book fans. Uh, I hated this thing. The uh, the Emmy Rossum movie was beautiful creatures. By the way, those and those movies have nothing to do with each other, but they look like the same thing. You know, like there's certain <laughs> certain movies that have a certain quality to them, yep. and yep. and you just you start blending them all together, even though they have no thematic similarities whatsoever. Um, this is uh, I remember I watched the Sins video, and it's Hera Hilmar who is the 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 main protagonist, and it says she's disfigured, 
But like, as we point out in, in the video, or as you pointed out, she's got like a little scar, but like, she's otherwise like gorgeous. It's like fucking Samantha. Olivia Cook. What, Olivia Cook and Ready Player One, who's got like a, a slight birthmark on her yeah. face. Oh, she's so man. ugly. She's so ugly. Um, <laughs> like, seriously, they, they, they make it seem like he's such a hero at the end for like <laughs> accepting her at the, at the end of that movie. Like, like, oh, he didn't care what she looked like. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Olivia Cook with a birthmark on her. That's bad. Um, <laughs> Then there's uh, Mr. Bean's Holiday, all the Bean movies. Rowan Atkinson, who uh, one day I hope to see how closely related I am to that guy. Hey! Uh, but um, uh, I have never seen any of the Bean movies. Oh, really? Uh, have you seen any of the, the show or the skits or anything like that? No. I, I know. I've, I mean, I've seen him do the thing, but I haven't seen a whole <laughs> movie. He's seen him do the thing. That's really the best way to put it, because in many ways, he is, I think, a genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really is, for me, a, a very one-note character. Um and so the movies have never worked very well for me in, in small doses. I'm pretty sure one of these was at Hollywood when we worked there and yeah. I would walk in and, and catch little vignettes and, and he's funny in small doses to me, but I can't imagine, I don't think I've ever seen it straight through. I can't imagine a whole movie of that character uh, working for me comedically. Yeah. I don't think he talks in any of these, he, right? Uh, no, that's kind of his thing is he that's, just grunts yeah. and whatnot. I uh the other day Johnny English was on and I was watching like parts of that and everything and he's I mean he's a funny guy he's just he's not in these these movies that take it's 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 something really funny that works sketch wise like drawn out into a big long movie and it just doesn't work that way yeah. um uh like I I really I like enjoyed the thing that he did in that and I, but I was also sitting there going okay this is getting tiresome yeah yeah <laughs> at the same time his, uh, his cameo in Love Actually I think is my favorite thing that he's done mm-hmm. uh, it works it works perfectly with his humor with his physical stuff with his facial uh you know features and stuff like that um but yeah the bean stuff has never really been my bag uh I'm I'm with you guys uh my fair lady and pigmalion why are those together mm. i can't remember they're the same story they're the same are they? i did not know play. that i didn't i didn't know anything about that so uh have you seen pigmalion uh-huh yeah a long time ago no i've, I've seen, seen the my play fair too. lady i read yeah. what's a weird i read pigmalion in school and i've seen the movie um and let me tell you my fair lady I've said, I've made this joke before about this movie, but buckle up. This fucker's like three, three and a half hours long. It's two um, hours and 80 minutes long. Yeah. Two hours and 80 minutes. <laughs> no, it is long. It's way long. It's, it's play length. It's, it's the length of, of the, I think they were truer to the Pygmalion play than Pygmalion, the movie. Right. Right. That's a, that, a lot of classic songs come out of the, my fair lady. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, really good performances. Um, what's her name is good. Uh, <laughs> what's Audrey her name? Hepburn? Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> Going from, because she does, I don't know about the accent again, because um, she's doing a very, over, half the characters in this movie are doing a very over-the-top Cockney accent. Yeah. And she's always like, ow! Henry uh, Higgins. <laughs> yeah. And then by the end, you know, she can certainly pull off, you know, the classy lady that has been, quote-unquote, I guess taught 
Jeez. I don't know exactly. It's, it's I basically mean, she's all that, right? Like he's, it, he's oh, turning totally, her. She's all that is loosely based on this. Yeah, it's, it, it's yeah. two guys make a bet and over where, whether they can take this homely lass and turn her into high society. And there's something a little bit vaguely sexist about the whole idea. <laughs> oh, of course, especially uh, when the homely person is Audrey fucking Hepburn. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah, what's her name? Who was She's All That? Is that even Rachel Wood? No, who it was, was Rachel it? Lee yeah, Cook. Rachel Lee, Rachel Rachel Lee, Lee Cook. Cook. <laughs> One of those Rachel three namers. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. You should totally watch this. It's one of Audrey Hepburn's best. Um, it, it was also a bit of a stretch for her because before then she was doing like Roman Holiday and everything. She was doing, you know, the the European princess type of thing or the kind of lost in in her own thoughts type of thing. Even uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, she was, you know, kind of uh, flitty ditty. And uh, this one, she's got actual chops in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen this one. I know I've seen Roman Holiday. I've seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. I've seen Sabrina of the Audrey Hepburn movies, but I'm not sure I've seen My Fair Lady. Um, and I had definitely haven't seen Pygmalion, which has been done twice at least. Yeah. Um, as that name, anyway. Um, next on the list is 1984. If you haven't been paying attention, we're living in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> The uh, I I got this on a Criterion uh, Blu-ray. Really, awesome. and, uh, watched this recently, and um, John Hurt is uh, the main character in this, and uh, uh, yeah, he lives in uh, this oppressive society where his job is basically uh, to take newspaper articles and change them to make it look make this, uh, and I can't remember what the what the company or the the new society is called in 1984. Oh, Oceana is the new. Well, the, it's not. That's not the name of the oppressive company or whatever, though. That's um, Big Brother. It's not Big Brother. It's some. It's got. It's six letters. It's something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but he's a part of this company, and he. You see him get these newspaper articles, and he's like, uh, like pasting other people's pictures over other people's accomplishments and stuff like that. And, um, and he's in this just web of like glassed in cubicles and everything. And, uh, there are, you, you can, you can get arrested for, for thoughts. There's thought police in this, uh, in this, in this movie. One thing that he has allowed himself to indulge in because he 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 has struck up a friendship with this woman um, is is uh, is is sex and and like uh, you're not supposed to have have sex. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a um, there's a whole movement to uh, eliminating the entire idea that you even need it uh, in this movie. And, um, but he's allowing himself, himself, this indulgence and, uh, and, uh, they, he and he and she think that they're kind of getting away with it because they're hiding out and everything and, and doing it discreetly and every, and only every like month or so, not like every day, but, um, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, the movie is, uh, is, is terrifying for a lot of reasons, um, the, uh, the main, the main, uh, issue is, is when John Hurt 
and inevitably John Hurt is, you know, he's going to get caught. Spoiler alert. He gets caught. <laughs> um, and, uh, Richard Burton is, is playing the guy who is the, uh, is the, uh, sort of the, I don't know, the, the main authority figure in this movie. Uh, there's a, there's a scene where he's basically just breaking John Hurt's will. And basically, you know, even when John Hurt gives him the answers that he wants, he's still getting punished for it because it's not enough to just say, here's what the truth is. You actually have to believe this is the truth. And, um, and so stuff that is completely and absolutely totally inherently wrong he has to say that it that it's true and and uh it's just uh it's a devastating uh there's a whole there's that whole like last uh, 20 or so minutes of that movie are devastating to watch and depressing as fuck and um <laughs> cuz yeah uh we're 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 uh, at uh, a critical moment where this is clearly happening um, um you know i love that christian bale movie equilibrium mm-hmm. but Hearing you spell this one out again, it really is basically 1984 and Fahrenheit 451 rolled into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not a very clever setting. Uh, there's very clever action with the gunplay being like swords and whatnot, but yeah. in terms of like the setting of Equilibrium, it's basically the same thing as 1984 and and Fahrenheit 451. I think mm-hmm. almost. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not versed on what the history of dystopian fiction is, but this is the model on which most dystopian fiction is based on. Is I'm sure you're right. Yeah, uh, I, I think, think it's cool that that uh, John Hurt ended up playing the totalitarian guy in V for Vendetta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I think is. The... A, I mean, I think that's the point, right? They, <laughs> right. they asked him for that very reason in V for yeah. Vendetta. Um. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the movie is, is bleak as fuck, man. You, you, I mean, I haven't read the book in forever, but the, the movie itself is just like, oh my God, geez, we haven't quite gotten to that point, but you can see it. That's the problem. You can see it coming if it, if certain things don't happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, 1984 is uh, is worth a watch, even as bleak as fuck as it is. Cinematography was by Roger Deakins. Yeah, yeah, that was another uh, uh, cool little aspect of this, and it's uh, it's clearly him, even though it's uh, early early Deakins. Ingsoc, I N G S O C. Ingsoc. That's what uh-huh. they call it. They call uh, it's a it's a what is it? Uh, English Socialist Party. Ah, mm. okay. Uh, fictional political party of the totalitarian government of Oceana and George Orwell's dystopian novel, 1984. There we go. So yeah, that's what it was. Um, uh, Notting Hill. Mm. Um, Julia Roberts is a big fat movie star. Not fat as in physical. <laughs> you know what she is though? She's just a girl standing in She's front of a boy. A- that's asking right. Asking him to love her. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yep. You know what I remember about this movie? It's that goddamn song. That <laughs> Alison Krauss song. Um, you say it best when you say nothing at all. Oh, you know yeah. that song? Yeah. That song is all over this fucking movie mm-hmm. and, and was then all over uh, my life for 
years after this. Um, but I did like the movie. I only saw it one time. I remember thinking it was very funny. She walks into like his, it's, he's got a bookstore, right? It's a, mm -hmm. she walks into his bookstore and I can't remember if it's because she's avoiding pa paparazzi or if she's like looking for a, a specific book. Uh, I can't remember one way or the other, but, um, but yeah, she and Hugh Grant fall in love and they try to have this romance without paparazzi uh, knowing about it. And of course that's doomed to fail because she's so big, uh, such a huge movie star. Um, she's basically yeah. playing Julia Roberts, right? She <laughs> is just like in oceans yeah. 12. <laughs> she is indeed. She is indeed. Um, but yeah, the, the, that's the whole, the whole thing about it. And then yes, of course he has uh, insecurities because he is dating someone so famous and so beautiful and, and everything. And that's where that whole, you know, I'm just a girl standing in, you know, in front of you wanting to be loved and all that. Um, but, uh, yeah, what are we, Notting Hill's okay. Notting Hill's good. I like it. I think it's, uh, much better than the runaway bride. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I, you know, um, what I really like about this, uh, this movie is his roommate, uh, Rise of Fons. Um, the oh, Reese, 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 Yeah. Reese Iphons. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's delightful. He's just mm. a terrible human being, but he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he, he walks in on her, like in the tub or something, mm. uh, a bubble bath. And, uh, and then he, he closes the door and he turns around and he's like, thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah, Richard Curtis wrote this and he went on to do love actually. So, and, oh. So you have that little connection as he well. He must be from London. He must be. Um, let's see. Nuns on the Run. I've never seen this movie. <laughs> Isn't that uh, Eric Idle and Robbie it Coltrane? Is. Yeah, it is. And it, it, it's uh, funny. I remember it being, I think it was PG. So I think I watched it with my family growing up. Uh, and it's uh, a couple of gangsters who pose as nuns to get away from the police. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's Eric Idle using his Monty Python female voice every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's 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 a silly, silly, silly comedy, uh, but I enjoyed it. Uh, mm -hmm. The Nutcracker slash Four Realms, and see now this is another one I've never heard of Four Realms before, and did not know it was connected to the Nutcracker. So it's the the full name is the Nutcracker, the Four Realms that just came out like a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, so it's not it's not two different titles here. Uh -oh. It is two different titles. It's the Nutcracker, the regular Nutcracker that has been filmed and uh, on stage a million times, and mm -hmm. then it's the Nutcracker, the Four Realms. Oh, uh, okay. So is that the one with uh, Twilight in it? Uh, what's her name? Um, yes. What is it's, her name? It, uh, God. Kristen Stewart. No, it's the girl who played the <laughs> Mackenzie Foy. Mackenzie Foy, yeah, it's the girl who played the uh, the uh, vampire baby. Oh, <laughs> one who turned who changed who turned from like baby to thirteen in like five seconds. Oh right, 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 um, right, 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 right. right. Uh, she's, um, in, she's in Interstellar. That's her biggest movie. Here's what I have to say about the Nutcracker. <clears throat> My mom tried to instill some culture in us boys 
And one of the ways she did it, God love her, was an annual trip to the Fort Wayne Ballet performing the Nutcracker. Uh-huh. Now, I don't mean to... I don't mean to put any shame on the nut, on the Fort Wayne Ballet. I'm sure they're a bunch of lovely people. But this is not a fun time for a 12-year-old boy. Um, <clears throat> even one who is taking piano lessons and loves music. Um, this was and, and I, I this has happened every Christmas for like 5 years. God love her. Anyway, so I <laughs> I just have this like PTSD about the nutcracker i can't i I can't endorse the nutcracker what is is the is it you're saying that the performers weren't up to the task of making the nutcracker watchable are you saying i'm saying if you want to get material if you want to get a 12 year old boy into ballet don't take him to the fort wayne ballet company take him to new york (laughs) (laughs) okay no I, i can buy that uh, I do think the music of the Nutcracker, yeah. the ballet itself, is outstanding, and I find myself listening to it and singing it uh, usually around Christmas time. I guess because this is when That's Mom took us at. to see them. Well, um, yeah, I mean, the, the whole story is set at Christmas. This is it's, uh, it's foot and mouth. This is Tchaikovsky's music, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, I can't see how I would ever enjoy watching any version of the Nutcracker. Uh, <laughs> the play is delightful. What it, I mean, it, it doesn't really have a whole lot of structure. Basically, you know, after the lights go off for Christmas Eve, you know, the uh, the king comes comes down to defeat the rat uh, or the mouse people, and uh, the the girl helps him do that. And once she does that. Then they throw her a celebration, which is the dance of the sugar plum fairy, and it's a you know all that stuff, and that's where you get all the different themes that you hear every Christmas season, um, and it can get a little bit tedious. But if if you do like ballet, and I love ballet, it's it's and and you have good capable performers, it's an enjoyable watch as long as you're not a twelve year old boy. Fort Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, movie that has been made many times. Oliver Twist, based on the Charles Dickens novel. Roman Polanski did one. I saw it back in the day. Did you? Uh, really? Oh, that was 2005. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was not 1972 or something like that. Where he made it. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I don't know what. Pe- possessed him to make oliver twist in 2005 no idea where where he was at that point but um what okay what do we think about this story oliver twist god i barely remember it uh it's i mean please sir i want some more it's all i remember i read it in school i know i've saw i've seen at least one movie um but i don't know i don't know it's the classic rags to riches story right i guess this is the one with the artful dodger right the guy that teaches him how to like pick pockets and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's all escaping my memory beyond that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, you talk about bleak, like up, you know, what three quarters of the movie. I mean, he's just horribly mistreated. Poor, right. poor kid, man. Uh, but uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those classics that, uh, that I can, I can dig on. I never saw the 2005 one, um, which means I must've seen one of these super, super early ones in school or something like that. But Sometimes I remember I it. wonder if Charles Dickens was the only guy writing books at that point in time. Because <laughs> I would, uh, the Christmas Carol, I, I feel like that's, you know, I, I don't know anybody that's ever read that. I know a bunch of people that have seen the movies, but every Dickens book I've ever read, has been a little plotting for me and I don't want to be a dickhead, but 
you know, just makes me feel like maybe we just didn't have enough to crow about back then, so he got all the accolades. He it is it is more verbose than you're used to. Like That's what it, I'm he, to say. he he uses twenty percent more words than he probably needs to in mm-hmm. all these things. And it happens yeah. great expectations, tale of two cities, you know, all those things. Uh are, are a little a little bit wordy. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Um yeah, I'll, I think the thing the thing when it as it relates to movies is that it's been made so many times it's pretty much watered down at this point. It's hard to there's no what would you consider the definitive version of Oliver Twist? Well, that's what I'm trying to it's kind of uh, messing with me is that there's a 1919 well okay. So there's there's seven versions of this. 1909, 1912, 1916, I swear to God, like every three years. Yeah. 1919, 1922, 1933. And then there was the 2005. I mean, I don't remember the version that I saw being like, I mean, the most recent one before 2005 would be 1933. I didn't think it was that old. Really? I thought there was like a TV movie or something. That makes no sense to me. It feels like it had been made a hundred times before 2005. Did you see the musical maybe? Isn't there a musical Oliver? Oh, yeah. That's true. Yes. And like the 70s or 80s? Yeah. It was a Disney one. Yeah. There's one in 97 with Richard Dreyfuss and Elijah Wood. There's a nineteen. I've seen that. There's a nineteen forty eight one. Um, nineteen eighty two. George C. Scott, of course, because he's in all those Dickens <sighs> things. Uh, there's a nineteen eighty five one. Um, uh, okay. There's a, a nineteen ninety nine one. There's a million. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's it's crazy how many times that that has been adapted. It must be like, um, you know, like a free or something to make it like, <laughs> yeah. like you don't have to get at it. You don't have to get rights to it or anything. Yeah. Uh, actually there's, there's 23 movies that are derivatives of, uh, Oliver twist and, and Oliver and company was the one, the, uh, the Oh Disney yeah. One. Oliver. You know, in a hundred years, they're going to be saying there are 22 movies derivative from the lion King. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, and James Earl Jones will be in all of them. <laughs> He's going to live forever. Uh, then we have the Omen, uh, yeah. Richard Richard Donner before he turned into the shouty Richard Donner. I think that's right. Uh, maybe there's some shouting in this. I don't know. You, have you ever heard Gregory Peck shout? Really? <laughs> I think um, he shouts at Damien a few times. He probably does. <laughs> But it, but it's probably really like Gregory Peck does. Like you know, he's like, he can't, he can't Stop get being the devil. Stop being the devil. Um, yeah, the uh, the Omen, nineteen seventy six, and then uh, there was a. I don't know if the remake was in London or not. The Julia Stiles uh, remake, which uh, came out June sixth, two thousand. So wait, are you telling me there's a Julia Stiles movie called The Omen? Yeah, it's a remake of The Omen. Yeah, wow, that completely flew. That came and went, and I never even heard of that shit. Yeah, it came out in two thousand six. Uh, it has Leah Schreiber in it. Uh, it came out June six, two thousand six, so that they could have the six 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 release. Of course, date. yeah, I bet uh, that added a bunch to the box office, didn't it? Yeah, I I did see it, and uh, it did not it did not do very well. It came out the same week as cars too no car was it cars i think it was cars that came out that same week um and uh but you know i don't remember anything about it i don't remember 
Um, yeah, I remember nothing. Now the original, I've seen it once, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I, I the the big thing that I remember about that is is Damien uh, somehow commanding the the woman to go to the top of the church or whatever and and jump off of it or whatever. But that's mm-hmm. uh, he's a bad little boy. He is. He is. Um, <laughs> Someone's call him the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. But it's it's regularly it's regularly the omen the original omen is regularly put up there as uh, one of the best horror movies uh, yep. ever made. Um, uh, it is so weird though that Richard Donner is behind this. You, you it's one of those movies that like uh, immediately you forget that he did that because he's got all these very well known you know Superman Lethal Weapon <laughs> all that and then the omen. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, but it's 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 fantastic. I mean, it's 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 my kind of horror. It's like it's the Exorcist without the grossness. Like it's it, it's it's that supernatural horror because there's no real threat. This is what I love. There's no real threat, right? It's not like a slasher that's going to overwhelm you and stab you to death or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's a yeah. creepy horror from this little kid who you can just tell, like he'll smile when he sees somebody dead and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And it's just, it, it'll sink into your bones. And Gregory Peck gives a really good performance. Um, I, I love it, man. It's, this is my kind of horror. It's a, it's an obvious sort of follow up to Rosemary's baby, right? The, mm-hmm. It's got the same, I mean, you could do these back to back and it's almost like it's a sequel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause he adopts the kid or yeah. they adopt the kid. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> man the ending of if the ending of rosemary's baby doesn't give you fucking chills like <laughs> in the wrong way you are dead inside <laughs> or a satanist you are or you are satan um 101 dalmatian what and then what? it gives you a boner if you're saying they gives you a boner um, 101 Dalmatians, the animated movie and the Glenn Close movie that came out in the nineties. Um, yeah. Cruella DeVille. She's, uh, she's a bad, she's a bad person. She wants mm-hmm. to, she wants to make a coat out of the, all them Dalmatians. Okay. Here's the problem. Let's, let's talk about the, the villain's plan here. All right. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. a limited number of Dalmatians. You can't start like a fashion line. With 101 Dalmatians, right? right? You can make like two coats and then you're done. <laughs> two coats. <laughs> like a, like gangs of New like, York. <laughs> <laughs> just feels like a little short-sighted to me. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you can breed them, right? She ain't well, breeding no Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe she doesn't want to like, maybe she just wants the coat for her. I haven't seen it in forever. Uh, maybe she just wants the coat for herself and she doesn't want to, but I, I feel like I remember her being like some kind of fashion mogul or something. Um, I'm yeah. going to go Google the plot. I, of I, I always movie. just thought it was that he, she wanted to make a coat out of them and that was it, but that may uh, be it, but Cruella, you, you Cruella, might be right maybe. that she wanted to get a whole industry out of this shit. <laughs> did the, you uh, ever see the uh, live action one, Chris? Yeah, I did. Oh yeah. I didn't yeah. see that one. Yeah, this was this, this is also a movie that's tied to one of my biggest all-time arguments with a customer at a movie theater too because Disney uh Disney was the one who they they're the ones that said here are the showtimes that you need to run this movie. Like told theaters, these are the showtimes. 
and they they put a 6 p.m. show on there. And some theaters didn't know whether to ring that up as a matinee or as adult and child price. And um, and so after the opening weekend where it did awesome, it did like a great amount of business that that live action. Um, Disney was like, yeah, that's good. But man, if those theaters had charged the right way at the 6 p.m. shows, which I, we see that they didn't, we would have made so much more. So they moved the showtime up to seven o'clock. And this, and so, so we had people looking at newspaper. They, this was back in the day where you'd look at newspapers for your <laughs> showtimes. The people were looking at Sunday newspapers for their Friday showtime, which is you shouldn't do that ever anyway. It doesn't, mm. doesn't matter what era you're in, but people would do that because the Sunday paper would show you the entire TV listings for an entire uh, week too, back in the day. And so people thought, oh, well, that's movies too. So if I see a movie ad in there and it says six o'clock, then I'll go at six o'clock on Friday. And Friday comes along the second week of 101 Dalmatians. Six o'clock, we're not even open yet because we only had evening shows. People came up wanting to see 101 Dalmatians at six o'clock. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the show is at seven. Well, the newspaper says six. I'm sorry to say that the newspaper is wrong <laughs> and well, you should do something. I'm like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, I mean, like, and, and like, while I'm in the middle of arguing this family and I'm like, I'm really sorry, but also I'm like a kid. I'm like a 17, like whatever. And I'm like, fuck you too. Like, I'm just, fuck you. Why are you even arguing about this shit? I can't show you the movie. I can't give you fucking refund passes. You're going to have to be pissed off and go home. And, uh, or wait a fucking hour. Uh, wait an hour, yeah. <laughs> but we're in the middle of this, middle of arguing with uh, with these people about the showtime of this movie, which was definitely seven o'clock and not six. Uh, this person drives up, and they're like, "Yeah, you open for Hundred One Dalmatians, blah blah blah." And I was like, like in the middle of this, and I was like, "No, nah, <laughs> man, the showtime has changed." He goes, "Oh, cool, all right." Then he drops off, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Why can't you, fam- the family, be like this?" Uh, uh, anyway. By the way, I did Google, and I was right and wrong. She is a fashion designer, but it looks like she's only trying to make one coat. So, okay, there yeah. you go. I've always heard that Dalmatians are uh, tough to have as pets. Yeah, they're um, a little squirrely. Yeah, like uh, they're they're very emotional, uh, very emotional indeed. Um, and- Disney don't give a fuck, man. That's why they made the clownfish in Finding Nemo, which is notoriously hard to have as a pet. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. It's cute looking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but they also Dalmatians also get lots of like different kind of maladies and stuff that you have to take care of and. You have to be like really intensively caring for Dalmatians if you're going to own mm. them. But mm. when they're puppies, they're adorable. That animated they are. one, and that animated one is one of my favorite Disney movies from that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just pure love and joy. And even when Cruella comes in, they've got that great song that goes along with it. <laughs> uh, and uh, oh my god, it's so great! Which the Simpsons did a uh, parody of uh, fantastically with Mr. Burns and <laughs> uh, everything. It's a uh, see my loafers made of goofers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, it's time to talk about better help. Better help. Better help. I tell you what, it helps better. 
Uh, mm. you know, it, this is a great service. This is an online counseling service uh, that was in place long before all this anxiety produced by the pandemic and other societal ills that have been piling up uh, lately. If, if you've never been anxious before and you're not anxious now, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I don't want to make light of this, but like, you know, if you are, if you have been considering counseling, uh, but don't really know where to start, which I've been through before, m- millions of people have been through before, this is an excellent place to start. Uh, you go to betterhelp.com slash syncast, uh, and it, it basically signs you up extremely quickly. Basically, it just asks you a few questions. What do you want to work on? What have you been experiencing lately? I'm sure a lot of people have been saying nervousness, anxiety, stress, that kind of thing. Um, and then they pair you with a counselor uh, that that specializes in the field that you have uh, said that you wanted to work on. A lot of times they're in your state. Uh, this is international, too. Um, so uh, you can you can do it overseas, too. And you get paired up with your counselor. You have a session with the counselor. If you don't like that counselor or you have a few sessions with the counselor, if you don't like that counselor, you can switch counselors with no judgment, no issues, nothing like that. I uh, can basically just say, you know, this isn't working. I'd like to try something else. Perfectly fine. Um, so the, the service is fantastic. I've been talking about it a lot because I've been using it. It has really helped me through a very difficult time in reacting to this pandemic. I can't recommend it more, um, especially if in this environment you are looking for something like that. Well, and therapists are, they're people, right? They have different personalities. They have different styles. And so, you know, it's okay to try a second or a third one if the first one and you don't click. Uh, It may be a personality thing. Uh, The uh, therapist-patient, I guess, relationship is just that. It's a relationship. And um, it may not click with everybody, but that doesn't mean therapy doesn't work. Um, And so I would encourage you, uh, if you've never given it a try, uh, if you are seeing higher volume of anxiety or depression uh, related to either the pandemic or your own situation, financial needs, uh, I would encourage you to give it a try. It really, really does work. uh, And it may not work for you immediately. uh, But if you're patient with the process, uh, it will work. It can help you. And, uh, Barrett and myself and plenty of other people uh, could tell you that from firsthand experience. Absolutely. You can, you really do have to trust. That's a great point because you do have to trust the process. It's almost like a, like a Philadelphia 76ers type of mantra. Uh, You have to, you have to work at it, man. This ain't just like showing up and somebody and you lay on a couch and well, you can lay on a couch, I guess, if you want to. Uh, And somebody scribbles notes and just says, "Mm mm-hmm. You have to work at this. Like you actually have to um, say, I'm going to get better and this is how I'm going to do it. And your therapist, your counselor can guide you through that. That's why they do what they do. They're licensed. Uh, they're experienced. And it's it's fantastic. So go to uh, BetterHelp. That's, that's help with a P. BetterHelp.com slash syncast. And you get uh, 10% off your first month, which is Again, if you use it as much as I do, is it's not insignificant. Um, if you are having trouble paying, don't let that deter you. Uh, they they will work with you. Just let them know uh, what what is going on, 
and uh, and they will work with you. This this company, this this service, really has blown me away uh, with with its abilities, with its breadth, with its uh, infrastructure, and with its people too. I, I don't mean that to sound cheesy. Uh, my counselor has been fantastic. I, I, it's just it's it's awesome. So BetterHelp.com slash Sincast. Uh, go ahead. If you feel like uh, you need to take the plunge, take the plunge right now. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Get your therapy on. The other Bolin girl, which we talked about briefly with uh, Man for All Seasons. Um, Jeremy, you've seen this. I think I've seen this, but I don't remember anything about it. Which movie? The other Bolin girl. The other Bolin girl, Man for All Seasons. I've seen this movie handful of times um it's watchable but it's not good it's who is uh, in this oh god uh, uh scarlett johansson Eric, and Natalie yeah a, a lot of people are in this actually uh cumberbatch is in it um and uh there's a couple other people that got famous after this movie that are in it oh yeah, yeah. mark uh, rylance is in it jim sturgis mark rylance is, is the, her dad jim sturgis is her brother um <clears throat> and yeah basically this family uh, plots to have Natalie Portman and Boleyn um, <clears throat> catch the king's eye because the king, while he's married, is known to have a lot of concubines. I guess that was just common. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so he, they invite him out to their estate. And they're almost flat broke poor. Um, and they go out on a hunt and Natalie Portman does her job. She intrigues him. Um, but he gets injured. And... Um, <clears throat> It's uh, her sister, the other Bolin girl, um, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, who ends up taking care of him, and he falls in love with her through that process and starts sleeping with her. Uh, but uh, he can't get her pregnant. She can't get pregnant. And the family knows uh, if we don't have the king's heir, then our family means nothing. But if we can give him a son, even though she may never be queen, we'll be rich forever. Um <clears throat> But she can't do it. And so then they move uh, back to Natalie Portman. Like, Got to step up for the family and go fuck the king. That's right. Um, <laughs> only she's like, she's like basically Lady Macbeth. She she just twirls him around her finger and she she flirts with him ceaselessly and refuses to let him sleep with her to the point where he in, ultimately rapes her um, before she's ready to sleep with him. Uh, she convinces him to break with the Catholic Church and divorce his wife so she can marry him. And of course, it ends with her beheading. Uh, I think Scarlett Johansson is the reason to watch this movie um, because she has the hardest role to play. Um, uh, and she does it effortlessly. Whereas Natalie Portman has the, the showiest role. Uh, and of course, she's great. Uh, but again, it's probably a B minus, a B. I don't think the whole thing is, is great. I just think it's really watchable. And I'm not entirely sure why. Wow, man, this this has a really good cast, though. You're right. Natalie Portman, yep. Scarlett Johansson, Eric Bana plays Henry VIII. Yep. Jim yep. Sturgis, Kristen Stott, Scott Thomas, Mark Rylance, Cumberbatch, uh, Eddie Redmayne, Andrew yep. Garfield Redmayne. is in this. Yep. Uh, like Alfie Allen is in this. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's lots of people in this. We, we also, since we've been talking about this era in history, I mean, the whole TV series, The Tudors, was about this shit, too. So, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, at least part of it was because uh, Natalie Dormer plays Anne Boleyn in that series. I'm going to have to watch that show, then. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was about um, <laughs> extra, 
extra <laughs> learning sessions at home. <laughs> yes, exactly. Extra learning sessions. Need to, need to, need to bench that to, uh, to really hammer that history home. Um, especially, especially Anne Boleyn specifically, just, you know, just focus on her, uh, <laughs> No, you know it's it's crazy. You thought you talked about the parallels with 1984. You think about the parallels with Henry VIII. Fucking history. Just saying, I'm going to do what I want, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, because the church and state, even though they were separate under the Magna Carta and everything, the church and state were so intertwined because they got money. The church got money from England, a lot of money from England, and they were the 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 default. Uh, the Catholic Church was the default um, kind of uh, government over the king. And for Henry VIII to just say, I don't care what everybody's done before me. Um, I'm going to fucking marry this other woman. because." And he justified it by saying that his, his wife couldn't give him a male heir, which is true. She kept popping out females. Uh, but he was just like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go off and form the Church of England. And uh, you can't stop me because I do what I want. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of parallels of our current administration of saying, like, you know what? Fuck tradition. I'm just going to kind of go and do whatever I want to. And you guys are going to fall in line and we're going to we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Or uh, not figure it out. Right. Uh, Paddington one and two. Um, yeah. I haven't seen the first mm. one. I've seen the second one. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's fine. I think they're both good. Uh, and the first one. If the second one had never existed, the first one might have a little bit more of a reputation, but the second one is just somehow raw magic bottled up. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, if they made a third, I would watch it. But my guess is uh, this would be the best Paddington we would ever see. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just that good. Yeah. Now, is this a horrible bosses thing where you saw two first and then you went back and watched one? No, not at all. Um, oh, okay. <clears throat> Because in that case, the, the, those two movies are identical, horrible bosses. <laughs> uh, and so, of course, if I'd seen the first one first, I would roll my eyes when they did the same jokes the second time. Um, but no, this is a different different thing altogether. Yeah, no. And, and there actually are a couple of jokes that are done a second time in the in the second Paddington. Uh, uh, so much so that when I saw it in a script, I thought that you guys had sent the wrong movie. It was where he was twirling around the earwax and all that stuff with the toothbrushes. Yeah. <laughs> Which he does in both movies, uh, but yeah, you're right. It, it, there's there's still tons of charm in the first one, but it's it's an origin story. It's figuring out yeah. like how he gets there, and the second one can really just activate on its own volition rather than um, show where he's from and all that stuff. I'm liking this new Hugh Grant uh, phase of his career, where you know he's the bad guy in Paddington Two and. Yeah, he plays a smarmy guy and uh, the gentleman that came out earlier this year, um, and uh, he's doing really well in the in these roles. He he seems to really be enjoying that uh, that part mm-hmm. of it where he's not having to play the the dapper uh, male uh, lead uh, who's you know uh, trying to fall in love and all that bullshit. Like he's he's enjoying being the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It looks like. Um, uh patriot games this is the one uh this is the harrison ford uh jack ryan that i have not seen as much i've seen it oh, one sean beans in this one seen it one time i've seen uh clear and present danger way more times really uh, yep huh yeah this is a this is a very weird 
plot. Like it's not a typical Jack Ryan plot. Basically, he's in very little of it takes place in London, by the way. Right, it's just uh, the he's in London. Right? Yeah, he's in London doing CIA stuff. Happens to be around when this IRA hit goes down, and he ends up, I think, through self defense, shooting. And killing one of the attackers, which happens to be Sean Bean's brother. The rest of the movie, Sean Bean just wants, it's basically John Wick. He just wants revenge on a dude for killing his brother. There's very little espionage involved. There's very little like spy stuff. It's just they attack a convoy uh, with with Jack Ryan's wife, put her in the hospital for a while, and they ultimately attack his house out in New England, and cut the power, yeah, that, and that's freaky, by the way. Like uh, the, seeing all those shadows of the 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 soldiers kind of surrounding and everything. Yeah, yeah, that'll, it's that'll uh, it, it's got its good points. It's not it's definitely watchable, um, but you know, it's not it's not great. Do you not think I this think. is up there with the the top tier Jack Ryan's? Well, I mean, it's really only. Yeah, there's really only one top tier Jack Ryan, and that's Hunt for Red October. And then, you know, you get, I guess, this, or maybe. No, no, no. I I forgot where we ranked this particular one. I know that we figured out the clear and present danger, and Patriot Games have a similar score and everything. I would personally put, I would rather watch Some of All Fears ahead of either of the Harrison Ford ones. Uh, I think it's a truer Jack Ryan. Uh, portrayal and closer to the, the arc of the book, but um, you know, none of them are really great except Hunt for Red October. I don't think. Mm. Mm. Well, and I, I enjoyed Clear and Present Danger for uh, a variety of reasons. Just there's there's a, a lot of scenes in Clear and Present Danger that I love. Um, the one where they're they're driving through the streets of that one city and they got the rocket launchers and yeah, um, all that. That's a really good scene. The the scene where um, the, they, the Americans are going to bomb dude's house. That's a great scene. It's a fantastic scene. And, and then afterwards seeing the Americans trying to figure out who was behind this and seeing, uh, uh, Joaquin D. Almeida's character or whatever his name was in clear and present danger, watching his people trying to figure out who bombed them by looking at the bomb fragments and everything and trying to figure out like who's behind this uh, because there's, there's a real other kind of bad guy in this. And that's of course uh, uh, Henry journey. Who's uh, f- fucking fantastic. Uh, yes, he I, I is. love that guy. It, 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 a, he like showed up and, and made his mark by playing two, untrustworthy CIA people. Yeah. Like he, he Mission Impossible <laughs> and Clear and Present Danger, the first two movies I think I ever saw him in. Uh, and he's playing a very similar character in both. Yeah. Um, in, uh, I think it's, uh, was it Clear and Present Danger came out before Mission Impossible? Yeah, it came out before Mission Impossible. And so that's what was kind of fun about him being in Mission Impossible was because if you had seen Clear and Present Danger, you immediately don't like you don't feel like him. yeah you don't trust this guy and uh and uh it, and they they leave that dangling there for for a long time like he might be the guy who's behind all the shit and everything but uh but yeah clear and presentator was good for me but i, I haven't like i said i haven't seen patriot games in forever um penelope christina ricci movie where she looks like a pig 
<laughs> when you say it like that. <laughs> hey, I'm just stating facts here. It is. Uh, this is a charming little movie, though. Yeah. Um, she's she's cursed. This James McAvoy is her uh, eventual beau. Um, <laughs> she beau. Her beau. Send the, send the dirty. Uh, she's cursed to look like a pig and, uh, she has to cover it up over her, the course of her life and everything. The only way the curse can be broken is if she is shown love by her own kind. So it's Shrek. Well, spoiler, she has to (laughs) love herself because she's the only one that has this curse. So when she not love herself, love herself. Right, right, right. She has to not love like herself. Haley Steinfeld love yeah, herself. Like yeah, like not the Haley Steinfeld <laughs> or the Divinals. Yeah. <laughs> she becomes unpig like and then she can mac with uh she can snog with uh with uh Wait, snog. after she loves herself, she stops looking like a pig. Yep. That's when the curse is broken. She looks like normal Christina Ricci, which is hot. I feel like that's a bad message. Mm-hmm. What? Right? Loving yourself? No, but if you love yourself, magic will make you beautiful. I mean, she was cursed, though. She had the she had the the the. the so the she tail. looked normal first. Ah, uh, no, no. She's always been pig, pig man, pig, pig, pigmalion. Right. <laughs> she's always had the pig face, but like once she learned to accept the pig face and to not hide from it. Once she learned to accept the thing about her. That thing yeah. went well, away? Uh, that thing went away. Yeah, it's like Beast in uh, X-Men. Uh, it's nothing, it's nothing like means. Beast in X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. It's like Let's Mystique in X-Men. No, it's not like that either. Um, Peter Pan. Okay, so you're talking about the animated Peter Pan here? Peter Pan, yes, indeed. Because uh, oh, I feel like this is another it. movie has been done 500 times. Um, yeah. And of course, we have already talked about J.M. Barry and a bunch of other uh, stuff. Finding Neverland, Hook, uh, yeah, Jack. I'm J.M. Barry. J.M. Never tired of doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, we've talked about a lot about Peter Pan. What do we think about that original animated Peter Pan Disney? Yeah, I love it's it. Good. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, Tinkerbell wants to fuck Peter in this one. Yeah. No. Um, no. I think they're just buddies. Um, and so he takes Wendy and George, right? To the Hilly Brush? To the Hilly Brush. <laughs> Come, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes them to Never Never Land. And it's mm-hmm. got all the songs and all that, right? And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's delightful. And it's got Captain, Captain Hook is the perfect kids movie villain because he's goofy enough to not be too threatening. But he's got some element of danger to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in this play in God fourth grade, hmm. and I was uh, Captain Hook. Ooh, and I got nice. I got ate by an alligator. Nice. Or a how, about the, uh, how about the uh, Arrested Development version? You're a liar, Hook, and I'm gonna throw the book. <laughs> <laughs> Flashback to. The musical he did. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> was uh, was uh, the um, who was the character? The Tony Hale character was he in that? Tony Hale character? No, I think it was uh, Jason Bateman was playing Peter Pan in the show. 
uh, uh, as like a 10 year old. Because Tony Hale ends up with that hook on his hand. So it would would be so arrested development to have had him play hook back in the. (laughs) Might have been. (laughs) Um, I just remember that song. uh, uh, Peter Rabbit. I haven't seen Peter Rabbit. We send it uh, back in the day. Uh, There was a sequel coming out um, this year at one point. Uh, Did any of us see Peter Rabbit? I saw, you saw Peter Rabbit. Uh, this is uh, Donal, Donal mm-hmm. and uh, Rose uh, Byrne. Yeah, and the most annoying part of Peter Rabbit is James Peter fucking Rabbit. Oh yeah, is is Peter really? Rabbit because uh, the the love story is charming. Uh, Donal Gleason takes over. He's like a highfalutin corporate guy, and he inherits his uncle's farm uh, in or in a rural setting. And his next door neighbor is Rose Byrne. And he learns, you know, at first he's after these goddamn rabbits and that kind of thing. And uh, uh, then he learns their ways. <laughs> then he mm-hmm. begins to respect them. And eventually they start uh, uh, parent trapping the, uh, the the two of them to start getting up in there. Right, right, and right. And they do. And they do. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a, a very nice thing. But James Corden can eat my asshole. <laughs> Cause Ooh. Ooh. I suppose that's Ooh. a little it, like his voice work, the, the, the hand in emoji movie and this character and like anything I've, I've seen him into in the woods, work, into the woods. It's just, it's like nails on fucking chalkboard. Now I actually, I, I don't watch his show very often, but when I do, I think he's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even mind the carpool karaoke, even though it's gotten very, very contrived. Um, his voice work, whatever he, he chooses very annoying characters. So, you know, it's, it's not a bad movie, but his character drives me up the fucking wall. Yeah. Uh, then we have phantom thread, Paul Thomas Anderson. We've seen, we've talked a lot about this because of the, uh, uh, best of the decade. And at the end, uh, when she realizes that she can poison him and make him happy, um, she no longer looks like a pig. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and from this point forward, I've been poisoning as many people as I can to make to find true love. <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite jokes is if my wife has some kind of dish or open cup and I'm walking by, I'll just go poison and like pretend like I'm dumping poison in her cup, but I say it like the yoink on Simpsons whenever that guy steals the diamond. <laughs> yeah, teeth. yeah, yeah. It's like yoink. I just do it really quietly. Poison. <laughs> don't poison my food anyway <clears throat> uh phantom uh, thread is uh, we uh, we've discussed it many times I, I i love it i think barrett loves it i think jeremy has seen it five times and hates it i want to sperm on this movie <laughs> okay. yeah yeah all over it it's yeah. beautiful it's it beautiful. is um uh the private eyes don knotts tim conway I have oh not man, that. have you I seen bet, this, Jeremy? I, I bet this is funny. I bet it's super funny. But no, do you think the movie Stakeout is a ripoff of this movie? <laughs> I have no. actually have seen Stakeout uh, and Stakeout Two. I'm sad to say, <laughs> it's um, another Stakeout. Actually, <coughs> oh, God damn it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with this. This is uh, uh, they go over. Uh, they're American investigators. They go over. Uh, uh, Scotland Yard asked them to investigate uh, the murder of this very w- rich and um, uh, well-to-do, well-mannered 
uh, uh, person. And, uh, the, the mansion is huge. They explore all kinds of things. Um, the, the cast of characters is creepy and, um, and uncooperative and it's hilarious. Tim Conway, cause Don Knotts, and whenever they did a, a, a thing, they did a apple dumpling gang, I think was Don Knotts and Tim Conway. Um, and, uh, a few other ones, whenever they did that bit, it was always Don Knotts as the straight guy. And then Tim Conway is the, the kind of crazy man. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. And, uh, with this one, it, it's just absolutely hilarious. I I've watched it a million times. It was 1980 when it came out. Of course we had the VHS and it was, it was uh PG, you know, it was a murder mystery, but it wasn't anything violent or anything like that. Uh, so, uh, I watched it from an early age and it's so good. Well, and this is a Sherlock Holmes parody too. And it's, it's, uh, it's gotta be like a hundred times funnier than that Holmes and Watson. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. Yes. Um, yeah, I need to see this. Um, I think you dig it. It's got a lot of absurdist humor and I love Tim Conway, by the way, I thought his humor was very almost Bob Newhartian. Very mm-hmm. Midwestern type of uh, mentality. Yeah. And I just, it, it got me every time. I used to watch him on Carol Burnett. That was, yeah, the, yeah man. Me too. My dad, the reruns. my dad would let us watch that. And they were, they were always hilarious. Yeah. Him and Harvey Corman and, and uh, Burnett or so. I mean, these were really funny. Uh, that was really funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Prestige, obviously. Love the fucking Prestige. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan made this movie after Batman Begins, and you would think after Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan was hot shit, and people would go watch this. But he was not hot shit. That's why mm-hmm. I always have sort of a, a, like I, I argued with some people about Inception when it came out as to why people went to go see that movie because it was it was so bonkers looking. Um, it was a huge hit inception and like, it's a hard sell. It's a, it's a really confusing type of movie and everything. And a lot of people were like, well, Christopher Nolan is a star on that. I was like, I think people came to see it because DiCaprio was in it, but you know, um, but he had done the dark Knight by this point. And I think that maybe some people had, uh, had, had gotten on the Christopher Nolan bandwagon by that point. But I don't know. I think inception is what made Christopher Nolan, uh, the, the a star name, but the prestige meanwhile comes out between Batman begins and dark Knight, and nobody saw it. Nobody saw it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, between my, between my two big budget superhero films, I'm going to quietly go off and make one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman and, um, Christian Bale, they get all the glory for this movie as they should. Uh, but Rebecca Hall, Rebecca Hall. Yeah. Rebecca Hall is great yeah. in this. Scarlett Johansson's great in this. Piper Parabo's great in this. Um, David Bowie's great and, in this. Yeah. David Bowie, David Bowie. And even Andy circus. I think Andy, Andy circus is great in this. Um, it's just the only part I can't watch is when they find a hundred cats in the forest, all screechy owling. And it just, uh, it, makes the hair on the back of my neck yeah yeah but this movie is fucking perfect and i've said this before but every time i watch it i can't even fathom the mind that would comprehend and create all this and then decide to shoot it 
and edit it all out of order, but in the perfect order. It just mm-hmm. it boggles my mind. Yeah, I've never read the book that this is based on, but I, you know, if the book is even half this, it's a, it's, it would be a, it'd be a great book. Um, the, uh, yeah, the Prestige is one of those movies where you're fairly certain of of of, of several things, and then, and then it just sort of like. I don't know. It has a it has an ending that just always makes my hair stand up. It's one of the um, most perfect endings I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, you the a lot of the a lot of the mystery of this movie revolves around how Bale's doing his trick, and you're not even really thinking too much about how Jackman is doing his. Yeah, because it just seems like oh, it's just it's just a fucking magic thing. <laughs> You know, uh, it's transporting him, you know, you're not even thinking about that shit until, until they reveal what the fuck's been going on. Uh, and, and, uh, both reveals are so satisfying. The, just the, how both of them have been doing this thing and how both of them have plotted this whole thing. Um, I, uh, I just looked up the book I'm going to read this book now because, uh, it basically is structured, purporting to be their chunks of each of their diaries. Oh. And it tells the story through that, like through reading their own journaling, even though there's probably a twist we're going to expect having seen the movie at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the movie, we, the journals are important for sure, but reading the book would be like all like letters to yourself and journaling. And uh, I think Angier's up to no good and yada, yada. And I think that would be a fascinating read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to read this now. Um, but, um, but yeah, the prestige is fan fucking tastic. We've talked about it a hundred million times, but if you haven't seen that movie, you need to go see it. Now I have heard some people have gone on Facebook and said they don't like the prestige, but, uh, they're wrong. Um, <laughs> totally. uh, the only cue on our list is the queen, the queen, God oh, save the queen. Yeah, Helen Helen Mirren is uh, fantastic in this. this. She plays the queen. Michael Sheen plays Tony Blair, um, and it's uh, it's Stephen Frears again. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's the time. It's the period of time where uh, where Lady Die has has uh, has died in that car accident, and there's a discussion as to whether they should uh, fly the flags at half mast because at that point Lady Die wasn't a part of the family anymore. And, uh, so the whole, it's a, it's a, it's a series of discussions between the queen and the prime minister and whether or not she can be convinced to finally do that. Yeah. I mean, considering that she is the mother of two, two children who will be royalty, uh, who are royalty. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's the gist of it. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's there for Helen Mirren. That's a, that's a great, performance from her uh it you right off the bat you'll be you'll be drawn in because she gives this little look to the camera it's a fourth wall kind of breaking thing <laughs> where she gives this look at the camera and this kind of like you're in for some shit here <laughs> <laughs> did she win uh, the oscar that year i she do won, believe she won yes for this um but yeah uh she's fantastic and of course uh michael sheen's great in it too um mm-hmm. okay here's a movie that i never saw but i heard was 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 kind of fun rain of fire christian oh. bale matthew mcconaughey dragon movie 
This bon- this movie, uh, uh, premise wise, is bonkers. It's like post apocalyptic and dragons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it works. It's like Mad Max with dragons. Do um, you like it? I love it. Yeah. Do you really? <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Do you hate I, it? No, I don't hate it. I just thought it was so preposterous. And of course, Gerard oh, Butler's in it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I thought it was so preposterous. I thought it was going to be like a medieval, you know, dragon Game of Thrones type of thing. But yeah, it's like in the 21st century. And oh, yeah. Fighting dragons. Yeah. And it's like McConaughey is playing like the wrong role, but it's somehow perfect. Like he's playing like the the hard ass, like argh, the gnarly, uh, grizzled veteran instead of what we know him for, like the hey hey. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really love it. I don't. I'm I'm not going to apologize. I I think it's pretty popular though, right? It's not like hated. Uh wow. I I mean, out, you don't hear people talking about it that much. It's forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Forty two percent. It's bad. I love it. <laughs> gonna have to watch this again this is o2 i watched this uh geez at my apartment in uh in bellevue over here and uh i remember thinking like maybe i've drank too much tonight but this movie seems fucking bonkers and both were true um restoration i remember this movie coming out oh uh, my god uh but <laughs> you don't like this one is this I, the one with Meg Ryan and Robert Downey Jr.? It is. Yeah, this movie's Sam, terrible. Sam Neill, David Thewlis, uh, Ian McKellen, Hugh Grant, Ian McDiarmid. Um, there's a lot of people in it, but was this... I'm not even sure if this... Yeah, it won two Oscars. What are you yeah, talking about? Like this movie's terrible. This movie is awesome. Well, it's not awesome. I hate it. But it was watchable. Art direction <laughs> and costume design. Yeah, exactly. It had awesome art direction and costume design, and so that forgave some of the issues with the actual film. What did you have? Why do you hate this movie? It's boring. Bad accents. <laughs> yeah, there are some bad accents. There you go. Meg Ryan has, a tr- has an atrocious accent in this. Yes, she does. Uh, yes, well, she does. That's not surprising. Um, hey, who should we get to play this British girl? Meg Ryan! Yeah. <laughs> That was back in the day, man. They did. They they only knew like three British actors back in nineteen ninety five. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, we put Emma Thompson in everything. We're working her out. We're working her out too hard, man. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. All the Robin Hoods. Talk about a talk about a a, a franchise or a story that has been done way too many times. Robin Hood. Like even when mm. even when a Robin Hood fails. Like they, they're like three years later. They're like, well, maybe we can make this Robin Hood and it'll be good. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen the most recent two: the Russell Crowe one and the uh, uh, Taron Edgerton. Taron Edgerton one. Have you either of you guys seen either of those? I have yeah, not. I saw I've Edgerton seen the one. Russell Crowe one. I've seen the the Russell Crowe one is Ridley Scott, and it's like it's boring as fuck. I heard it's super boring. How do you make Robin Hood boring? I don't know. I mean, they even just title it Robin Hood. You know, it's just... It's- well, and the Jamie Foxx, Taron Edgerton one is like somehow a metal Robin Hood. It's like it's Zack like Snyder's Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> even, the one that, even the one that was a big hit, the Kevin Costner Prince of Thieves one, uh... I mean, is is that movie good? Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. 
no, 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 no. No, you're right. It's great. It's not good. No, it's no. fucking great. It's awful. Why are, are you, you so about? forgiving of shit? What are you talking about? Why are about? you so forgiving great. of shit? It's fucking great is what it is. No, it's not. It's awful. It's awful. It's terrible. Awful. Kevin Costner. Yes. Kevin Costner. That's well, all I have to say. Okay. Bre- yeah. The accent? That's all okay, I have to say. Fine. Okay. The acting. The action the acting. status. No. 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 The bow and arrow what bullshit. The, the bow and arrow. He looks He looks about as natural firing a bow and arrow as Chris looks swinging a golf club. <laughs> what the fuck? He's fucking fuck. Fuck. No. Christian fucking Slater. Rickman. No. No, guy of Gisborne, fucking spoons and fucking and 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 naked naked butts on cot. No, it's fucking all, all nostalgia. Christian Slater. This is, this is all nostalgia talking. Hit, hit, no, it's fuck Brian Adams. Like it's fucking. Well, he's, he's no, you just call Brian Adams a good thing about this movie. Everything I do, fuck you. No, it's so good. Brian Adams on countless occasions. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's awesome. Uh, I don't know. I can't, I, I don't, I don't remember it being awesome generally, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. I saw it when I was 14. Don't think I've seen it. Maybe I've seen it since. I'm not sure. Yeah. I watched Ugh. the shit out of this movie. It's, uh, <laughs> and I, and I send the shit out of this movie, but Alan Rickman is magic in this as the sheriff of Nottingham and, uh, the, the gravelly voiced, uh, willow guy, uh, that plays Guy of Gisborne uh, is awesome in this. Michael Win, uh, Michael, Michael Wincott. Wincott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's awesome. Friar Tuck is awesome. Fucking, fucking, fucking uh, 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 Aziz. Uh, fucking uh, Morgan Freeman. He's mm. awesome. Mm. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Movie's, movie's rad. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what you're I talking like, about. I think Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio is pretty. She is, and she's very good in this. She's, uh, you know, she's uh, doing what she can with the uh, thing. In fact, she fights Robin Hood. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when he first uh, goes over to, yeah, because she's apparently a ninja. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This movie's terrible. Problem. What's your problem? <laughs> Do you not like uh, Rickman's performance? No, Rickman's great. That doesn't make the movie great. What is your? What is? Oh, what is? What? What is the problem with this movie then? I have I've already told you several. Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner's accent, Christian Slater's presence, uh, the plot, um, all of the fire arrow warfare in the woods that somehow doesn't just burn down all the woods. Uh, this movie's terrible. I, I kindly so invite wrong. you to watch it again. And, so wrong. Uh, and think upon the decisions you've made. I have watched it recently. I fucking sent it last, what was it, last year? And I fucking loved it all over again. All right. I all right. At least I am willing to say movie X isn't very good, but I still love it. Whereas mm-hmm. you're like trying to make it all like, I like it, so therefore it's quality. No, it's, qua- uh, no, it's quality uh, and I uh, like it. Uh, it's the inverse. Let's move on. <laughs> but I do love uh, I think the last good Mel Gibson Mel Gibson Mel Brooks film was Men in Robin Tights. Hood, Men in Tights. Yeah, yeah, that's I just that's want you to know clear. Uh Robin Robin Hood Prince of Thieves is a 51 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 51 on Metacritic. So I'm in the majority by <laughs> 1%. By 1%. You take that. If that's all you need, if that's going to help you, there you go. 
I want to be the majority. <laughs> um, the next one on the list is Rocket Man. I have still not seen this. This is also Taron Edgerton playing Elton John. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Elton John. Wait, Elton John is British? Yeah, apparently so. That's yeah, the most a, disappointing thing about him. It's a big, uh, big run on uh, gay singers that uh, you know were very popular in British. <laughs> uh, Lord, Chris and I went. <laughs> what? what Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, oh. and uh, Rocket Man? I thought you said stingers. Oh, gay stingers! What is a gay stinger? I, no, that's I what know. I was I sitting here go. scratching my head over. <laughs> You're like gay stingers. And I was like, what the fuck is a gay stinger? We're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I want to know. Yeah, do you remember uh, when, um, do you remember when John Lovitz used to do that? Mr. Annoying character on the news on SNL. Mm-hmm. And one day he was uh, interviewing, um, <laughs> somebody who was playing, um, Frank Sinatra. And and John Travolta says, "Would you be attracted to a gay bee?" Oh yeah! And, uh, and Sinatra goes, "Gay bee? What the hell's a gay bee?" And I don't know why I remember that exact exchange, <laughs> but it stuck with me for twenty five years. <laughs> right. What the hell's a gay bee? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rocket Man, by the way, is really, 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 really good for about fifty one percent of the time. Uh, because they use these fantasy sequences to um, kind of uh, visualize his music, especially the early stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it does get to Rocket Man, um, the the actual song, that visual and that whole sequence is fantastic. Right after that, cliche-ridden fucking biopic goes to rehab, learns his lessons, life is good. Got a boyfriend, got a Sings husband. Sings live aid. Sings alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and drinks his vodka. Uh, right. No, no, no. I mean, he. It, 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 it was really disappointing towards the end because I had really enjoyed it up until then. Mm. And this will round out our list today. And this is a movie that I've been told that I need to watch. And it's just something that I just can't, have, haven't been able to get to over the years. Rock and Rolla, Guy, Guy Ritchie's Rock and Rolla. Uh, and I love Guy. I love the Guy Ritchie that does these type of movies. The, love, lock, is, the lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and the Snatch and all that. I like yeah, that. And this snatch. is after those two, right? What's that? Rock and Rolla came after those two, right? It came did. after Snatch it and did. Lock and yeah. It did. Yeah, yeah, Jared Butler's in it. I know, and there's a million. Well, you know, others. it's fucking crazy if Jared Butler's in it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Tom Wilkinson, Tandy Newton, Mark Strong, Idris Elba, Tom Hardy, Toby Jesus. Cabell, Jeremy Piven, Ludacris. Um, <laughs> uh, you just named, named a bunch of actors, and you said Ludacris. I did. <laughs> I did. Hey, Ludacris uh, was in Crash. He was in an art movie. So you're right. You're right. Um, so you haven't seen this uh uh jeremy have you seen this nope i have not but uh it sounds interesting it doesn't look like it's very well reviewed i've Um, heard it's great it's got a 7.3 on the imdb and everybody i know who has ever seen it has told me that you need to watch it yeah it is fun and it's it is you're you're absolutely right it's still maybe the last one of his uh british crime type of things uh right um but uh, yeah, this uh, this was fun, and Gerard Butler, I think, is is a very nice leading man in the in the 
in the mold of Jason Statham, who used to do these for uh, for Guy Ritchie before then. Well, I think I think the gentleman is sort of a return back to to that style. It's I don't think it's as like batshit crazy as those earlier movies are. Like you watch Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and it's just there's just mass insanity and coincidences and things going on yeah. all at once. Um, whereas the gentleman. It's got a lot of that, but it's. I think it feels like it's. It's a guy who's definitely like a little bit older and a little bit more, more mature making that movie. Even though I, I think I still, I still prefer Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels in that situation. Uh, but the gentleman's really good. But uh, Rock and Rolla is a movie that I need to see. I need to see it. I know. Yeah. I already know. It's good. It's good. I think stuff. that'll it's be uh, everybody's homework until next week is to watch Rock and Rolla. Yeah. That'll do it for this week. We'll probably, I'm thinking we will finish this uh, the next time. Um, There's a lot of British movies to get through. Well, we haven't even done like real, like all the British countryside either. Like we've done mostly London. But uh, anyway, um, what did you what did you think? What do we need to see? What do you need to see? Go to Syncast <laughs> presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSins Twitter, Music Video Sins Twitter. We also are on SoundCloud, Discord. If you want to get on Discord, you can go to our Reddit page and find a link on the right side of the page. Or you can go to the Facebook page and private message me and I'll give you a link there. Uh, yeah, and we've uh, we got some new merch. Yeah. Merch. This merch uh, uh, blew me away. I even knew what it was, but until I saw it, I was like, holy shit, that's really awesome. I would like everybody to know that I was the very first customer of the new (laughs) merch store. And we were on the company Slack chat right after I went on because she said, the store is live. And I went on and spent like maybe 10 minutes loading up my cart because I want a lot of this shit. Um, and then I go back to Slack and she's like, we just got our first sale. Oh my God. They bought this shirt and this shirt and this poster and this shirt. And I was like, um, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like uh, we, I, when we went through that, the, the, the amount of sheer things that are available, I was mm-hmm. like, damn, uh, went overtime on that. Huh? Uh, we talks. got, we, we get got leggings. Yeah. Leggings, mugs, uh, cloaca shirt. Cloaca uh, shirt. Uh, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of sin cast and behind the sins and MVS and, uh, cinema sins and all sorts of stuff on that, on that, uh, teespring. Got Damn. some rad posters on there too, of, uh, cinema sins, uh, TV sins and music video sins that, uh, uh, a company called brutal posters did for us. And they came out ridiculously well. And, oh yeah, uh, gotten really good reviews from those. So yeah, pick we them got, up. We got a poster that makes us look like we're in the Dark Knight, and right. uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, and Barrett looks like he's in Moulin Rouge or some shit. <laughs> well, it's the, I write sins, not tragedies. Right, right, poster. right. <laughs> so but yes, yes. But Moulin that Rouge. that poster looks rad. But uh, yeah, there you go. Get some merch. But that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.
Okay, you're gonna have to stop saying that, man. It just sounds awful. It just sounds awful. It's not a better way to say some tiny, tiny thin <laughs> measurement. <laughs> you gotta go straight to the c word i mean i would i would i would i would accept skosh <laughs> who, who puts that in your brain how do i sound now uh you sound good actually did you okay. did you go up a little bit just a tad bit <laughs> A, what, what, what would you call it? Yeah. <laughs> what measurement would you use? Yeah. It's a, it's a, I don't know. Pubic hair in length, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. Uh, I finally watched uh, the score. The other oh, day. it was on yesterday. I watched uh, part of that. What'd you think? Movie fucking rules. It ends yeah, really good. abruptly, but like... Yeah. Everything is in place. Like it's really a well laid out story. Yeah, and seeing all three of those guys, like uh, when they're when they're lounging and they're planning and stuff like that, the three different yeah. generations of like amazing actors. Yeah, is like gave me goosebumps. Like that was really yeah. fucking cool. And, and the Brando heist, wasn't playing his regular like Brando type of thing. The final actual heist is like thirty five minutes yeah. of like tense ass shit. Yeah. Um, and what I love is the whole movie, not to spoil, you haven't seen it, Chris, right? I haven't. It came yeah, out in not, 2001 when I was out of movie theaters. And all I right. So not to it. spoil anything, but the movie never tells you how he's going to get the safe open. They just have these cute little conversations where he shows a picture and says, it's just science, stuff like that. And when he finally opens the safe, it's pretty fucking awesome. Um, yeah, it is. And, yeah. uh, yeah, everybody gets a chance to act. Um, yeah, I really, really like it. It's an underrated gem. I thought, uh, Chris, I thought you had recommended that to me, so I guess it was Jeremy mm. that did. I've seen a lot of heist movies, but I have not seen that one. You would fucking love this one, man. It's Frank Oz did it, which was yeah, so weird. Oz. Yeah, Frank Oz somehow got Brando, De Niro, and Norton all in one <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Norton plays, you said it came out in 2000, uh, 2001, he kind of plays that enfant terrible type of uh, uh, cat that he, like Rounders, he's playing a similar character to that, like he's mm. playing a fairly similar character to his one in Birdman, like there's there was a run there where he was just playing kind of like manipulative assholes, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think uh, that movie was well received when it came out, though. The score, yeah, I don't. I think it's gotten sort of a reputation since, but I don't think people liked it when it came out. I don't think it. Um, yeah, because I think it played up the trailer. Played up, if I remember right, the trailer played up the heist elements, and it's really much more of a, a dramatic movie that has a heist in it. Um, so it's not as kinetic as the trailer made it appear. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's not all like, you know, safe cracking and running away from cops and shit like that. It's almost, yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like Heat in that Heat has a couple of big action set pieces, but most of Heat is just talking. Uh, and people forget that until they watch Heat for the fourth or fifth time. Uh, and it's awesome talking. I'm not ripping on it. But uh, this movie's like that. It's like there's a couple of really cool set pieces uh, that are heisty, and then the rest of it's just uh, talking. 
but it's cool. And uh, Angela Angela Bassett actually has a character in this. <laughs> yeah, she's she not doesn't just, just angry say something at the stern <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and leave for ninety percent of the movie. Those were great days <laughs> back in the early nineties to two thousand or whatever. She she actually had roles in movies, and she wasn't just you know coming in and it's like everybody everybody who cast Angela Bassett. Uh, now is like I saw you in contact. I don't know what you can do. <laughs> but uh, you know, Stella got her groove back. Is a is a decent movie, actually. I don't think I ever saw that one. Trying to, I don't think I've seen it. She uh, she fucks uh, Omar Epps. Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Yeah. Yeah. Tay Diggs was yeah. uh, hot. He gets a groove Tay all Diggs. over Tay Diggs. Well, Tay Diggs back in that day, God, and I would fuck him. <laughs> yeah, Tay Diggs, you get your groove back. You know, there's yeah. a there's some. Uh, is it a Shaggy song from How Stella Got a Groove Back that uh, has uh, Regina King and it has uh, um, who else is in it? Uh, it was just fun seeing all of them in a music video way back in the day. And like everybody yeah. from everybody from the movie is in there. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a good like, song. Uh, um, waiting to exhale. What was the, uh, was it? I'm, I'm every woman was, uh, waiting to exhale with, with Whitney Houston and all that cast too. Yeah. 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 I'm singing uh, it in my head. I want done baby. Now I'm singing it out loud. <laughs> I'll do it now. Truly. Uh, I don't know. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it was Shaggy. It was Janet Jackson and Shaggy. It was love me, love me was the, yeah. The love song. me, love me, love me. Yeah, sex yeah. machine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've, you've heard Shaggy talk in real life, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like a regular dude. And then all yeah. of a sudden he's like, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, the, there, there was during all this, uh, quarantine stuff, uh, MTV has gotten a lot of artists, from their home doing songs uh, that they're known for and everything. And Shaggy's got two of them because he's got, um, he's got, it wasn't me. Um, uh, Like he's got a 2020 version of it or whatever, where he's in his house and there's a guy on a screen behind him singing all the main things while he does all the other, you know, the, the other shit. And, uh, but man, that that's some funny stuff, man. That quarantine stuff. You get a bunch of people who are who are doing some really honest, unplugged versions of their songs. But then you get <laughs> then you get like people like Jewel and JoJo who are just like, I'm just gonna belt this out, and and it doesn't matter if it's good or not. It's just it's like JoJo goes off the rails in hers, man. It's just, really really yeah, like. Yeah, she sings something where it's just like, ah, just like almost screaming. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Joey Jojo Shabadoo. Shabadoo? Tell me that's the worst name I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, Joey Jojo, come back. Hey, Joey Jojo. <laughs> Somebody sent me a, um, uh, a series of videos that... Uh, <laughs> this is a, a guy who I guess it's a guy I guess it's a guy playing like he's a guy from New Zealand and uh he's talking about decks, you know, like decks on your you know outside in your uh house or whatever. But because it's New Zealand, it sounds like dick. 
dicks. And uh, and he's and he and they this these people did a series of videos where they're playing on that, and it's just it's one joke the entire. I mean, but it's funny because he's like because <laughs> he's like he's like we got you. Uh, so we 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 manufacture something called dick sealant. What I didn't tell you, you can you can cover up holes in your dick. And he's <laughs> like, if your dick is soft, we can make it hard. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody will be looking at your dick. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's That's worth hilarious. watching, but I like I said, it is one joke. And then they found another way to do it where it's like uh, a deck as in like the stuff that you present in uh in uh, in meetings and stuff like that, the deck that's from a uh, like a PowerPoint or whatever, uh, or like a slide deck. Fuck you! Don't say <laughs> <play> that. <laughs> You're gonna be bringing in the monster trucks to give you that therapy, therapy, therapy. <laughs> Bigfoot will crush your anxiety. <laughs> I've been working out with weights. I'm huge. <laughs> Working out with weights. I've been working out with whites too. I've got a bench and everything. Do you really? I do. I've been doing doing dumbbells. Yeah, that's what I got. You doing the butterflies? Yeah, baby. Those really make you feel good, right? Yeah, at various angles, dude. Like, I feel like the next morning I see progress. Yeah, but from what I read, don't do it every night because you're just doing it needlessly. Because your chest muscles really um, need a day or two of rest in between each workout, and they continue to grow while they rest. Yeah, so you you, you, that's why you do like leg day, and then you do arm day, and yeah, I don't do leg day. You do dick day. day. I just do arm day and then take a day off. (laughs) Um, Did you see the story? I saw this yesterday or the day before about the John Wick movies. And the only reason the first one was called John Wick was because Keanu Reeves kept forgetting the title and calling it John Wick. And it was originally <laughs> titled it was originally titled Scorn. And um, he was even doing interviews and talking about the movie that they were making, and he kept calling it John Wick. And eventually they, the directors in the studio were just like, we got all this free pre-branding already. Let's just call the movie John Wick. And the, the the article ended with the director, one of the directors saying, I can't even imagine it being called Scorn now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought it that was a very funny It probably story. wouldn't have done anything if it was called uh, Scorn. Yeah, there's a very Dude. good argument to be made there. After, uh, um, after I finished something yesterday, I caught the beginning of the siege on John Wick 3, which is the perfect time to come in. And Ooh. so, like, all the guys, are the, the armored guys are coming in, and he gets the guns. And I just, you know, witnessed like 25 minutes straight of like delight. I was like, yes, this is awesome. Because he, he's got a limited amount of bullets. But like, even as a dude is clearly dead and falling off of a rail or something like that, he plugs him like four more times. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So great. That's the, that's the fun thing about it is every time you think that somebody's dead, he just does more to them at the end. (laughs) That, that thing, the thing that makes you make me laugh, like I've told you about this, the thing that makes me laugh so many times watching that is he clotheslines those fucking motorcycle guys. The guy like just, I mean, he's probably unconscious or dead after that wreck, but then he gets up and just like starts blasting that guy <laughs> and just shoots him more afterwards. The one that gets me is early on in the, the knife museum, whatever the fuck that is, yeah. where there's at least two guys that he, 
unnecessarily knifes a couple extra times. So, <laughs> so that one last knife throw, wow, completely unnecessary. Oh, that movie is just pure adrenaline. Oh, it's so great. <laughs>